take a deep breath. Remember, we're here present with the Lord right now, and he is ready to meet with us. We'll have a moment of silence, and then I'll pray. Father, I thank you for your grace to participate in this kingdom of yours. I thank you that you've called each one of us to you, that you pursue us and seek us out. I thank you that you are patient and steadfast and faithful. We are so grateful for your son Jesus and the way that he came to earth to show us how to live We ask for your grace to follow in his footsteps. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who gives us discernment as we read scripture, gives us wisdom and courage and the strength to follow you. Spirit, would you open our hearts and our minds to hear from you this morning we so desire to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. We so desire to reach the lost, to seek your justice, to care for those who are hurting and broken. Would you equip us this morning so that we can do that? It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, as Brian said, I'm Angie Smith. And I have been an elder here the past five years. I know there's a few new faces, so I thought I might start by introducing myself a little bit. I have been a part of Common Ground since 2004 when I moved here from Ohio. And my family's still there, so if you don't see me on a Sunday morning, I'm probably in Ohio visiting them. And um, for the past eight years, I've been teaching first grade at a, a private Christ-centered school. I've been teaching for 20 years. so. Um, it is a joy to be with you this morning and a joy to step out in faith and be obedient to uh, what the Lord has asked me to do. So we are currently taking a slow walk through Mark. If you've been with us the past month, we're still in chapter one and we'll stay there today. And um, as I said earlier, I am a first grade teacher. And one thing that I have learned over the years is that a teacher does their best to put the text in front of the students, put the, the beautiful, good ideas in front of them and ask them to engage in a way where they are doing more of the work than I am. And so that's my hope this morning. I, am, I identify more as a teacher than a preacher, so my hope is to put in front of you a way to engage with the scripture where you can go home and do this on your own and be transformed privately, with your families, with your neighbors. Um, so I'm going to read the passage here to begin with, and I'm going to ask you in, the, in a time of silence to ask one question about this passage that you've heard. When you read through it, there will likely be a question that comes to mind that the Spirit will highlight. And this is a way to engage in the scripture where we can experience a deeper 
richer way to read the word and be transformed by the spirit. So I'm going to read it and give you a time of silence to ask that question. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and they found him. They exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. anybody be so brave as to shout out a question that came to mind? Why did he want to leave when everybody was looking for him? in this passage did he leave out healing and only mentions demons when the last passage he healed I'm repeating for our zoom folks hi zoom folks why does it have to be very early in the morning wonder what it was like for Jesus to pray in a solitary place because it wasn't probably just repeating the Lord's Prayer. I wonder how the disciples felt when Jesus said, that is why I have come. Very early did something stir Jesus to wake him up. Yeah. How big is Galilee for them to travel throughout? Everyone was 
everyone was looking for Jesus, but how is it the disciples were the ones who found him? Thank you for asking those questions. Uh, you've encouraged me and built my faith this morning for sure already. I'm going to read it one more time, and this time give a, a silence again for you to make observations, not just questions, but what is something that stands out to you as you read this, this morning in this space? Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So during this time of silence, ask the Spirit to point out an observation about this text. Would anybody like to share an observation that seemed highlighted for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the very early in the morning Jesus' quiet time where he would not be disturbed. observation is that the disciples this was a new rhythm for them they didn't know Jesus's rhythm so this was new for them
his word would be spread everywhere, not just in one place. No, you imagined you were in that space with them and what it must have felt like to think Jesus had left, but then to see the bigger picture of him healing, what that must have felt like too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The point was to teach. Spending time with Jesus has built your confidence to go and tell other people about Jesus. That pretty much sums up the passage, Dan. <laughs> we can leave it at that. Thank you again for sharing. Um, I'm going to break this up a little bit more for us and share some of the observations and questions I've had throughout sitting with this passage for the past two months preparing for this morning. So, um, Bear, if you could put up the second slide. I have seen, to me, this passage is broken into three parts. The first one being very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. One of one of my first questions was Lisa's, why does he go out while it's still dark? Why did Mark add that detail? Why was that important? And as I prayed about it, it makes sense to me that when I look at the passage before, Jesus has spent all this time with the disciples, healing the sick, casting out demons, and I would imagine in his humanity, he's exhausted, he's tired. He has exerted a lot of energy, and he needs time with his father to be refilled and bolstered and energized to carry out the mission that he's already fulfilling. And so why does he go out early in the morning? Everyone else is asleep. No one is there to ask him, please heal me, please teach me. He has found a space, a time, when he can go and meet with his father on his own. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to do that. We can be creative at finding our time and our space to go and meet with him. But if we are to follow in Jesus' footsteps, he's showing us that this is a rhythm that's really important. Um, 
I also wondered, what did the prayer time actually look like? Mark doesn't give us those details, and maybe Jesus did not inform Mark of what that time looked like, which is likely. And that gives us permission to be creative. There's freedom there in how we meet with the Lord, reading scripture, praying, going for a walk outside. Seems like the most important part is the solitary peace. And the attitude of going in being dependent on the Lord. This is a space where I'm going and humbly submitting myself to him and trusting that he's going to equip me and give me what I need in that space. Next slide, the second part. Uh, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. The first time I read this, I heard it in a certain voice, which when we read scripture, if we pay attention, we will hear a voice, the voice of the, the characters and the people speaking. And when I heard it, I heard it as a rebuke. They're, they're asking him, why have you left? We have things to be doing. There's a mission to fulfill, and you're off by yourself. Um, and I find that's true in my life sometimes, where I've gone to do something, believing it's the right thing to do, and I hear those voices of, why are you doing this? This is not what you should be doing right now, when I know it is what I should be doing. But as I talked with Anthony about it, he brought up the observation that this actually might be more of desperation, their exclamation of, he's gone, where did he go? Did he leave, is he never coming back? We're on our own now? And some of you might find yourself in that space where you've been pursuing the Lord and you don't see him or hear him or feel him and you feel abandoned and are desperate for him and where he is. Um, and then the last part, the third part of this passage, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. When I first read this, I thought, huh, Jesus does not respond to the disciples in their exclamation. And I found that very interesting. He doesn't appease them. He doesn't calm their fears of, no, I'm here. He doesn't remind them that it's his agenda, not theirs, that they're to follow. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting but then the more I read this and prayed about it, I realized actually he does respond to them. He gives them an invitation. And he says, come with me. This is what we're going to do. He doesn't need to address their fears because he's replacing them with the inspiration and the courage to go and tell other people about who he is. And I would imagine an invitation from Jesus, like a personal invitation like that, it wouldn't matter that he had gone off on his own and they couldn't find him. You would just want to go. So, we can assume that during Jesus' time of solitude, he's been bolstered. He's been reminded of who he is, that his father is with him, and that he has a mission to fulfill, and he has the courage and the strength and the truth to do that. He invites his disciples to go with him, 
to fulfill that mission. So we see that prayer, solitude, fuels mission. Prayer is necessary to sustain mission. He's already fulfilling his mission. He's been doing it for a while, healing sick, casting out demons, but he's taking time to stop and go be with the Lord so that he can continue what he came to do. So we're gonna jump to the application now. I'm gonna ask you some questions to help you get to the heart of the matter for you in this space and in this time. Where do you find yourself in this passage today, in this moment? Are you most comfortable with sitting in solitude, praying, soaking in the presence of the Father? And if you are, now's a great time to be thankful. Maybe today you identify with the disciples. You have an agenda that you need to submit to the Lord or you feel as though he has left you. The response to, to that would be to repent and to believe and trust that he is with you and that his will is the best will. Maybe you've experienced his grace and you have the confidence to fulfill the mission that he came to do and you're currently doing that. And your invitation this morning is to continue to meet with him and be sustained and fulfilled. I tend to gravitate towards the place of prayer. I like to be in that solitary, solitary place. It's safe to me to sit there with Jesus going out on mission is sometimes exhausting and it's hard. There's challenges, there's spiritual attacks, there is risk. We might fail. Uh, that puts us in a place of dependence. We have to pray and spend time with him in order to fulfill his mission, and we're reminded that he is with us, that it's not our mission, it's his. We're reminded that we have something to offer to the world, and that is hope, and that is healing, and that is love. He went to preach, we follow in his footsteps, and we go out and preach. He spent time with his father, we follow in his footsteps, and we spend time with our father. As I've been praying through this passage over and over again, I have wondered what would happen if we, the church, spent time regularly meeting with Jesus every morning while it's dark, praying, reading his word, engaging in his scripture, 10 to 15 minutes every morning. What would happen What would happen in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods? 
what would happen if we took this passage seriously? Would you pray with me? Lord, again, we thank you for your grace that you gave us Jesus to show us how to walk. You gave us Jesus to equip us for this world that is hard. You gave us Jesus to remind us of who we are, that we're made in your image, that we were created to be in relationship with you, to meet you, to worship you, to experience your presence that brings peace and joy and hope. We thank you for this space this morning to remember who you are, what you've done, and we're so grateful for your spirit who will give us the courage to meet with you, give us the courage to go out and tell others about your goodness and your truth and your love. I pray that for each one of us, we would continue to sit in your word and to pray and believe will be transformed in that space. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.